Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Well, here we are at the end of February 2021 already and rounding out this inspirational Pathfinder series with a final interview with an incredible leader, noting that our quote this month is, we must take time to define our own path. Too quickly, we can find the world defining it for us. You'll see why she is perfect for 10 this month. Marita Diffenbaugh believes that hope is a prerequisite for learning and looks for ways to help others see their value, which is why she welcomed the opportunity to write a book through a partnership with Jimmy Casas and Jeff Sewell via Connect Ed. Her recently published book, Learner, Finding the true good and beautiful in education is for hope givers who thrive when helping others develop their full potential. Marita identifies seven essential components to consider when providing education as a service to learners, along with a remix for measuring learning success. Each chapter features the true good and beautiful for when all three of these are present. And we can be sure that students are learning how to learn, learning how to help others, and learning how to contribute in their communities and in our world. Marina Diffenbaugh has served as a teacher, administrator, and has provided coaching and leadership support for district schools and classrooms. As a connected educator, Marita has provided professional development with educators through local, state, national, and international presentations with a focus on the process of learning in both in-person and virtual spaces, care for learners of all ages, and encouragement for positive digital citizenship. She is currently sharing her passion and leadership skills to support the expansion of Elevate Academy, a public career technical charter school of choice for students in 6th through 12th grades who are not finding success in their current education. As a partner with Elevate Academy co-founders, Marita is connecting education with industry and community by developing, planning, and launching this new North Idaho school in fall of 2022. Marita is dedicated to using her strengths and experiences to advocate for respect and opportunity for all learners. In this episode, we discuss Marita's path into education and her current experience in preparing to launch a new school. A point I completely missed following up on in the interview is the beautiful circle of life she is experiencing after being a teen mom in need of the kind of supports and encouragement that she is striving to develop in the new school she is launching. Her experience being a approach to write a book, and ultimately creating a project from her heart that will inspire. And we hear about Marita's passion for deep learning in schools with authentic experiences for learners to thrive. I am so honored to be connected to Marita, and I know her message will deeply inspire you. It is my joy to share with you Marita Diffenbaugh's Pathfinder story. Welcome, Marita Diffenbaugh, to the In Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show and to share you with the In community. Welcome. Thank you so much. Marita and I have been connected by a common person that we both have a real love for. So I just know that this conversation is going to be fantastic, and I cannot wait to learn about your story. But could you just start us out a little bit by telling us about your current context and what you're up to in this beautiful world of ours? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. And I love your podcast. So it's an honor to be here. Well, currently, I am working on a fantastic project of um, opening, creating, designing a brand new school for sixth through 12th graders. It's a career technical school that um, offers a school of choice for students who are not finding success in school. And so this opportunity came up um, recently. Um, I am from... um, 
21 years of uh, education in Idaho, from the classroom to the district office to the State Department. And when this opportunity came up, I felt like the school and the project with, with the team I'm working with has all the ingredients to meet kids where they are, especially the students that that are not finding success, haven't found success um, by the time they get to fifth grade. And, and this gets to be an op- opportunity for them while connecting it to industry needs in the community and uh, creating a pipeline of skilled employees for the future. So it's, it's great to be part of that. That is super exciting. And I love that. Um, and so where are you at? You said you have been charged with, you know, basically leading and creating. Where are you at in the phase of this? Well, we are currently, well, we are now officially um, authorized as Elevate Academy North, and uh, we will be opening August 2022. So we're launching our build year. So it's all about making sure the facility really matches the the needs that we'll have for our programming. So from uh, welding and construction shops to uh, a place for our medical arts and a culinary arts kitchen, as as well as our student-led business uh, model that we'll have as well. So it's it's just really fun to create spaces according to the needs that we have in the community and according to what opportunities we'd like to offer our students. Oh, I'm just excited listening to you because I'm visualizing what that could be like and what a cool opportunity to be on the ground floor of building something, you know, from the start where you can vision it and and bring it to life. That's so cool. And I'm really excited for you. I'd love to hear if you could just share with us how in the world does a person get onto that path since we're on, we have featured on the Pathfinder series. So many of us, you know, we go into positions that are already established. It's, you know, a little more rare to be able to be on the founding space of that. So you want to share with us a little bit about how that came? Absolutely. Well, you know, I might just start with the story of, of really what got me into education to begin with, which is through some interesting interaction with a stranger. I was working at a grocery store and in the express lane, checking checking people through my line. And uh, a gentleman walked through my line. I was in you know my early 20s and he might've been mid- middle-aged or something. And he said, is this what you've always dreamed of doing? And I, I was so taken back, like, well, who's this stranger to ask me that question? And plus, we're in the fast lane. I mean, I need to get him through the line. There's a bunch of people behind him. And he said, is this what you've always dreamed of doing? And uh, and then he left, and I could not stop thinking about his question. I was, I was really, actually, I didn't know if I was atten- offended or challenged. So I called my dad and told him the story. And he said, well, well is it, Marita? What, what you've always wanted to do? And I said, I don't know, dad. I, don't, I have no idea what I want to do, you know? Um, and that question from a stranger really had me have to think about what is it that I love doing? And, you know, I was like in my mid twenties before I really started thinking about that. And so, uh, I love being with kids. I love learning, you know, um, and those are the things that brought me into education. But I come into it in a unique space because um, 
you know, school was great for me until um, about ninth grade when I became a teen mom and school became a, a place that was not necessarily safe or functional for me. And so I had just kind of gone on with life, kept learning in other ways. And so to come full circle, to be able to open a school that focuses on hope for kids, especially those um, students who yet haven't yet found success. You know, I, I taught fifth grade for a lot of years. Many, many of the elementary grades I've taught, but fifth grade really stands out to me as, uh, you know, if you haven't found success in school or found joy in the learning in school, by the time you're fifth grade, we really need to have the, the system uh, respond to you and find something that does work. And so from the classroom I thought, well, maybe it's technology that will help the kids out. So I I went and did some, uh, my master's in instructional technology, became an instructional technology manager, thinking that's how we'll help all kids find success, you know. And in that, there's, that's part of the story is access and giving them opportunity to create and communicate and that that's all great. But then it was more, you know, it, it was about, wait, we need to meet the kids where they are and help them grow from that point. So I did some research and study around mastery education and worked for our state department in Idaho around that, uh, along with about 25% of our school districts looking at how can we really make sure that we're meeting kids where they are and growing them? And that's where I met my team, Elevate Academy, that uh, said, you know, why don't you start an Elevate Academy North? And and just knowing that this kind of an option is needed in every community, I knew this would be a place that I could thrive and contribute, um, not only with my passion and my experience, but um, but to help the community out as well and to activate the resources here. Wow. I'm just, I'm seriously inspired (laughs) from the start of that story all the way through. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful weaving of a tale and I'm, I was chuckling thinking about being in the the fast checkout and why are you trying to talk to me in a conversation? (laughs) Um, And especially thinking about the temperature of, of our climate now where we're so quick to get in and out of places. It's just so fascinating to me that a person, a complete stranger could kind of be the catalyst for you to have this life of purpose, you know, service in education. That's really powerful. Right. Seriously powerful. It really is. So, all right. Well, that's a, that was a quick version of, I'm sure, a lot of different twists and turns that you took along the way. And I'm curious because when I think about pathfinding, um, I always think about the fact that, you know, there are so many different trails we could take. Some are paved really well and some are not so much. And so I'm just curious if there's anything along your journey and your story where you questioned, you know, is there a time when you've questioned your path? (laughs) Um, Or have you just always been pretty singularly focused once you figured it all out? Well, I think uh, for me, I've always been about helping people find their value and ways that they can contribute. And um, probably that comes from, you know, when you go through some struggles, you start to wonder about your own value, you know, especially if you've if you're out of alignment with maybe what your culture around you is doing or you you feel like you've made some mistakes or things like that, then you're you're just seeking um, another chance, an opportunity, right? So hope is really something that uh, drives me every day. And, uh, you know, um, 
And, and that's, that's really what, what I've moved along with is just find, trying to look for the people in my life that are just lacking that hope. And I think that's just what draws me to, um, to education, right? It's a great venue. It's a great place to inspire people, to let them see that they have great skills and they have great strengths that, that the world needs. And so just to be a matchmaker between their skills, their interests, their strengths, and uh, something that they could do to contribute in the world is just such rewarding work. It really is. And I can't wait to to see how this roles for you in the Elevate Academy North. And I think it's something to really watch and it's going to be very powerful. So thank you for contributing all this lifelong journey and coming to this one. I know one of the pieces that I really want to make sure we're able to unpack deeply is another path that you've taken, which is fairly recent into publishing. Do you want to talk about your project that you launched? Absolutely. Yes. Well, while I was, uh, you know, from the classroom over to that instructional technology uh, management job at a district, I was able to meet Jimmy Cassis and Jeff Zewell, who were authors along with uh, Todd Whitaker of What Connected Educators Do Differently. And I loved that book because it helped bring the human element into the integration of technology in a great way. It's, it was so much more than the tool. It was about, let's use this tool to globally connect. Let's l- use this tool of technology to engage our students with other students around the world and to solve problems together. Um, And so that book is something that I shared with many principals and teachers while I was in that role and actually had uh, Jimmy and Jeff on some, you know, book studies with us and things like that. And so Fast forward five years, I'm at a coffee shop, um, still kind of planning out this new adventure with the school. And here I am in a new space up north in Idaho. And I get a Twitter message from Jimmy Cassis. He says, hey, I have this idea and uh, would like to visit with you. And so long story short, Jimmy and Jeff asked me if I would write my story. They said I had a story in me and would I write it? And I really take this moment back to, although they weren't strangers, I, I knew them, they were someone in my life that that challenged me with a question because I did not have a book written. I, I had a lot of notebooks uh, half written in, ideas, thoughts, you know, my journey along the way. And I did not see myself as an author. I thought, or I, I'm not an author. And they said, well, just talk to me about tell us about what you've been up to the last five years. And so I told them and they said, how about you just write down a table of contents? I mean, they just nudged me along, right? (laughs) And pretty soon I was writing on a Google document and writing the book out, you know, and they were just incredibly patient with me through this learning process. What happened was fascinating because, you know, when you go through the different roles from the classroom to the district and to the um, state level, also at that time I had studied the role of superintendency, you really study systems, right? And so I began writing with that lens in mind. I wrote about the systems, the system of the classroom, the system of the district, the system of the, you know, the state all the way through. And then it was like December. So I started this in November and then it was December and I read it and hated what I wrote. I just threw a big fit about it. I, I 
just felt very uncomfortable and thought, no, where's your heart, Marita? This doesn't even sound like your heart. This is, you're sounding like a program. You're sounding like a formula and where's your heart? And I spent the weekend in it. It sounds silly, but I spent the weekend watching some inspirational teacher movies, doing some reflection back into my little notes that I've shared from my students over the time and playing with my grandchildren and spending some time reflecting on my own children going through school and me going through school. And I threw what I had written out and I rewrote it. And I wrote it from my heart. And that's where I came up with this idea of, you know, what is learning really when we're talking about it? What is it? And then that brought me to, well, it's really about the learner. And what does someone need to do to support a learner of all ages? And that's where the acronym was kind of born out of that thinking. And so uh, with that learner, you know, uh, you help a learner by listening so that's the L in the acronym, by empowering them and analyzing them of what their needs are. So now you can look for resources for their needs. So we're up to learn. And it's now that you can create an experience. You know, as a teacher, many times you start with lesson planning, at least that's what I was taught in school. Instead, I, I really needed to pause, listen, empower, analyze, look at what resources we had, match those resources to the needs. And now we could even co-create our learning experience. And all along the way, from the moment you started listening, you developed a relationship relationship with that person. And so uh, that's that's where the acronym LEARNER was um, formed. <laughs> okay, so we have to take a step back because I am just in awe of this story. First of all, that you were engaged with passions that you're working on and you get to elevate someone else's work, you know, through Jeff and Todd and Jimmy, who just love all three of those. And and so then five years later, Jimmy reaches out. And I think that one of the best parts of hearing this part of your story, Marita, is that it was not even a path that you knew existed. You weren't, it wasn't even on your radar. Um, you know, pathfinding sometimes requires all kinds of tools and sometimes it requires a guide. And what I love about this is I have personal right. connection with Jimmy, um, just knowing that he is a leader of leaders and Jeff too. And this is such a perfect example of them doing that, like creating a path that you didn't even know really existed. And what a cool opportunity to share your heart. So there's that piece of it, which I find absolutely fantastic. Come to find out, I mean, writing is no small task. It takes a lot of energy and effort and thinking and analyzing that creative mode inside of us just really is a lot. And so it's hard to not be invested in those words on the page. And yet you decided that the path you were headed down was not the right one. And so you rewrote the thing. That's nuts. It's beautiful. Yes, it really is. Well, and there's another little part to this story, which is really the other the other piece that weaves throughout the book, which is, it's this idea of the true, the good and the beautiful. And I remembered this conversation I had had with a, a stranger on the plane. You know, I was on, on my way just doing regular work when I was working at the State Department and I ran into this gentleman and we just, while well, we were sitting by each other on the plane, we started talking about education and he brought up this idea of true, good and beautiful. And I just thought, yes, that's how we need to sort everything because the true meaning that, you know, this is what we 
need to know our facts, our, our knowledge base, right? And the good is, is the part that we need to contribute and share and team up about, you know, that collaboration piece and the beautiful, that part where we create and design and contribute with our unique talents. And I thought, finally, I have something to sort all this information, you know, of not only my own learning, my children's learning, watching my grandchildren and my students to be able to say, you know, what's missing sometimes in education as we started to standardize, we did cut out the good and the beautiful just because there's only so many hours in the day. And by the very nature of trying to be, you know, um, reaching all learners, we thought maybe if we standardize, we can reach all learners. But by doing that, we actually missed out on having the good and the beautiful, their contribution and the system responding to them. And so uh, that's that's also something that's been um, just woven throughout each one of the chapters to have us think about as we listen, how are we listening for the true, the good and the beautiful for the people we serve? And as we empower, how are we doing that? So um, those are other things that help, I think, sort our, our learning together. I just love it so much, again, that a stranger planted this seed. Um, and, you know, how beautiful for a message coming from you, Marita, is that we don't have, um, maybe we don't spend enough time in the moments of our lives really paying attention. That's one of the things that my listeners are aware of. I fully believe that there are mouthpieces on this earth for us <laughs> given to help guide us on our own paths. And it sounds to me like a couple of strangers really spoke into you and you noticed. And just think about how many times we miss that in our lives. Absolutely. And so I love that you're sharing that here on the podcast, those details of your story. And I also really, really appreciate how you were able to weave that into your message in this book that, you know, it's kind of like um, 2.0 version in a sense by the time it comes out. Um, and I wanted to make sure, I don't know if we ever even said the title out loud. Um, you've mentioned the true, good and beautiful, but do you want to say the exact title for listeners so they can grab a copy? I'll of course link it, but. Yes, thank you. It's Learner, Finding the True, good and beautiful in education and learner is the acronym that those are the seven chapters you know so and and within there there's the kind of philosophical ideas around it the heart for why we we want to do these parts and pieces for the people we're serving um so that we're in making sure that we're helping provide hope for them, helping them see their value and ways that they can contribute. But um, it also gives some teachers really practical, um, ready to go activities to use in the classroom and some, and for leadership as well, some professional development ideas, just because we need to remember we're all learners. We never stop learning. As long as we have breath, we're learning, you know? And so we need to make sure that we're honoring the learners in our system in whatever role that we're in. It's really beautiful. And um, I will be sure to link that in the show notes so that listeners can pick up a copy. And I am a sucker Thank for an you. acronym. So I love that acronym. It's great. <laughs> yes. And something else that I wanted to ask you, because, you know, it's fairly fresh for you. You have a lot of fresh going on right now um, with this book publication and launching a school. And then I'm also thinking about the current context that we're all in where we are 
kind of midway through. It's still pretty fresh, though, in a, in a global pandemic. We're coming up on almost a year. And so I'm really curious about your thoughts because you've mentioned, uh, you know, schools becoming standardized and, you know, really trying to meet the needs of all learners, but maybe we weren't hitting it right. Are you seeing um, seeds of the things that you long for from this true good and beautiful coming through? Is there any good that you're seeing coming out of the pandemic um, with education itself. Thank you for that question. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think there's been an, uh, our attention has focused on the human element in my experience more than ever in my career. You know, we've always been about kids and we've always been about learners. Um, we realize that, but, but we have these really slick systems, right? And sometimes when you have really slick systems that do great things and we automate things, it's easy to lose the human in that process because things are going fast and things are being quantified and things are being compared on charts and you lose that human. Well, when we had an interruption to our system, we went back to what's most important and it is this. How are you doing? Welcome. Let's make sure you have connectivity so that you can see your teacher in some way. Let's make sure that you have the basic needs met that you need to have met. Let's make sure that we find out what is bothering you and is there something that we can do as a team to help you out? You know, um, just really that that human piece. And I, I tie it back to... Uh, you know, we, we've been measuring learning success through, um, calendar and by age level. Mm. And I think that this pandemic is having us re-examine that to say, wait a minute, what if we just measured each child's learning growth from when they came in to where they are? And we do actually have the tools to focus on growth and not averages, right? And we had to do that with the pandemic. We had to look at each each student that we were serving and find them and help, help them find their success. And in addition to that, activate their family around them, you know, um, and see what kinds of uh, family support could be involved in their education as well. So I think it was a two-way communication that opened up where families started to see the hard work that educators are doing and, uh, educators started seeing the kinds of needs and, um, and, and heart and passion that their families and students had. I knew that you would have a perfect response to that and thank you for it because I couldn't help but feel that coming from, even when you were talking about just shifting the message that you had started originally with systems and then slowing down. And I also was thinking how cool it is that it ties to your original story about coming into education where you're in the fast lane and you start to just pause and, and breathe, you know? Um, and I've seen, I see a lot of what you're talking about too. And I'm really trying to hang on to hope that we don't just settle back into the old way of doing things. I'm personally worried in the conversations that I have. I think you probably have the same sense that it's just exhausting right now um, to try to keep everything moving forward with all those needs that are present. My biggest hope is that systems are careful to not get numb and back into the stall of just you know, attendance and, and all of those other factors that are important, of course, but that we don't forget, um, you know, to get back to that whole child piece. And I really appreciate so much that you mentioned too the family support. Um, and what I love is, you know, in my own experiences anyway, and I'm thinking they're probably similar to yours is that within systems, you had people, you know, that were still awake and, and trying to do that 
for kids, but you didn't have systems making it cool <laughs> to stop and ask those questions, you know, right. like it becomes the thing that you need to do. And so now these are the words that we talk about, social, emotional learning. These are the focus areas that we have um, more so than, you know, those standardized tests, which here we come in the spring, a couple of principals I coaching, they're telling me that their SOLs are coming. And <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, here we go again. Right. You know? I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Well, I, I really thought hard about this idea of analyzing success. And that's one of the chapters in the book. And I, I, I threw something out there. And I think that when people read it, and, and we can have more conversation around this, then I believe if we get the if we continue the conversation, we can really look for ways to measure learning success in a way that honors every single learner. And I think we can do it. You know, I, I put a couple of tools in there. One is uh, the oath for learners. And it's something that we can, if we're activating this as a teacher, one of the things I felt like as a teacher is because I wasn't having all of my students hitting the mark, which the mark that was set was really impossible for some, they may have had great growth, but it, they still didn't show as a success the way we currently measured. Um, I, I felt like I was failing as a teacher because not 100% of my kids were able to kind of be honored for the learning that I saw every day. And so if we activate this uh, learner's oath, then as a teacher, at least you could say, hey, I did all these things. And that's great. And if I believe that the that learning is the focus and learning is the return on investment, then I should feel good when I go home at night that I gave my best. And then there's also another part of the job of a learner. So this is not just about us dumping into a student. This is about them receiving and them being a part of this. And so what does a learner need to do in order to... Um, to grow. And so as long as they are doing those things, growth will happen and it will happen at the rate that makes sense for them in that time, place, and manner. Um, so I, I really am encouraged that we can continue this conversation around measures of success and um, and find a way. We, we instructionally can teach kids where they are and grow them, but then we kind of come back and with the assessment, we, we dismantle some of the great work we've done. And so how can we really um, continue honoring that learner all the way through the assessment portion of their learning? That's so good. And we now geeked out hard, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I love it so much. I know listeners will indulge us. It. Um, thank you so much because I can tell you're passionate about it. And I'm just so grateful to share you with the community so that we can you know, share that piece of your story too. So here we come to the end already. I can't even believe it. Are you ready for my two standard questions, Marita? I am. All right. So let's do that. So the first one is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I would ask myself, are you thriving or surviving? And if you're surviving, remember you are never alone. You have your faith, your family, and your friends and choose to stay connected. And then I would encourage, um, my future self to revisit some helpful tools that have helped in the past that will keep me moving forward. Um, when I'm ex whenever you're experiencing that now, what situation perhaps do a learning checkup on yourself? And are you still asking these three questions every day? Have I learned something today? Did I help someone today? And was I able to use my talents and skills to contribute? 
That's so beautiful. I love that. I think it'll activate some thinking in our listeners. And so really appreciate that first prompting question. And I love um, the, those three questions, the filter. Did I learn something? Have I helped others? And the third one was, did I use my skills, my passions? Yes. Did I use my, yes, my talents, my skills to contribute? And those are really true, good, and beautiful questions. That's amazing. Love it. Okay. How about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you say to help them rise up out of it? I would, I would just remind listeners that, you know, we can be sure that in our lives, things will continue to change and learning does help us navigate change. Learners move quickly through the question, why is this happening to me to now what? And learners are risk takers. They allow courage and curiosity to be louder than doubt and fear. So if, if we're feeling doubt and fear, then chances are uh, one or more of the following areas needs to be either activated or cared for. So are you needing to be listened to, empowered? What needs to be analyzed so you can keep moving forward? Are you lacking resources and have needs and who can help you with um, moving you forward with experiences and uh, caring for you through relationships? So I really feel like there's so much out there. And the best thing that we can do is realize that it's, it's not about avoiding the change. It's about welcoming the change. And it's about finding people to join us as we grow and learn. I love how you hooked into a couple of different pieces there is that like that fear might be coming from change. And of course, we've been in the midst of hyper change in the past year of our collective lives. So that really is relevant. And then that final piece, then again, about, you know, the people who help us along our journey and that pathfinding is fantastic. So thank you for weaving that back in. Okay, my new friend. So the listeners are definitely going to want to get a hold of you. Of course, I will link um, resources in the show notes as well as how to do that. But would you share with them here on the air what the best way is to interact after this interview? Absolutely. Um, you know, you'll find you could find me at Twitter at M Diffenbaugh. Um, you can look at connect ed connectedd.org to find um, access to to the book. And um, I would love to, if you want to send me a direct message, I'll share your email if you want to continue this conversation. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Marita. I have enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to every wonderful new path that you take and watching you along your journey, my friend. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.